Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, God bless you. We're certainly glad to be again here on today. I'm excited about Jesus. How about you? I hope you are. I hope uh, these words uh, find you well today. You, your family, your friends and neighbors. I hope all is well with you. And uh, I pray the blessings of God be upon you in the mighty, awesome name of Jesus. Well, let's get right into our study on today. Uh, let me give you our scriptures. We have, I think, what, three, four Three, four scripture. We may not be as long today. Whatever God say, it'll, 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 whatever the Lord do, somebody say it'll be all right. Uh, let me give you the scriptures that I have. Those of you that are going to write them down, and those of you that's just going to listen in, that'll be just fine. Uh, my first scripture is Revelation, the third chapter, verse fourteen through twenty-two. That's Revelation, the third chapter, fourteen through twenty-two. Uh, the next one will be the book of Hebrew, Hebrew. The first chapter, verse number seven, the Hebrew, the first chapter and verse number seven, Acts 17th chapter, verse 10 through 12, that's Acts 17, 10 through 12. Then we go to Matthew, the last scripture, Matthew's uh, 26, 39 through 40. That's Matthew 26, 39 through 40. So those are the scriptures that we'll be relating to today, just four of them. We're going to see what the Lord is going to, uh, how the Lord is going to go deal with us on today uh, with these scriptures here. Now, if you want to write a subject down or if, if you want to help sometime in your study, the subject is our spiritual condition, our spiritual condition. And that is our spiritual condition. Somebody said, what do you mean our spiritual condition? Yeah, we have one. Our spiritual condition is we are either hot, cold, or lukewarm. So we wanna, we're we going to talk about that today, hot, cold, lukewarm. Hopefully, when we come away from this, we all can come away from this and realize uh, where we are, where we are, uh, our spiritual condition, where we are. And so as I look around at our world, uh, I can tell you exactly the way many, many uh, where a lot of people are, uh, they are they're really lukewarm. Some of them lukewarm, some of them are cold. But uh, we're talking about you, the church, God's people. Where are we? Our spiritual condition. Let's take a look at what the Lord said in the Book of Revelation, the third chapter. We're gonna walk right on down through there. All right, Revelation, the third chapter. We're gonna go right to it. Um, Third chapter of Revelation, verse number three. Well, now, um, verse 14, we'll look right into it. Now, this is dealing with the, uh, the seven churches of Asia Minor. There were seven churches of Asia Minor. You heard you heard about the seven, the Church of Sardis, Church of Philadelphia, Church of uh, Laodicea, uh, Church of uh, Smyrna, you know, different churches that, that God talks about. Uh, the Church of Pergamos, the Church of uh, Tyre, okay, uh, and the Church of Asia. Okay, but here in this particular book, we won't deal with those, but in this particular book here, the third chapter, the Lord is dealing with the message to um, the church here. 
Laodicea. That's where you pronounce it, Laodicea, the church of Laodicea. Now, all these churches was in the continent of Asia, Asia Minor. And uh, God is speaking to each one of these churches. And I think he's speaking also to the churches today because as the church were then, so are they now. And the state that the churches were in then, we are experiencing the same thing now. Uh, nowadays uh, in our lifetime. Somebody said there's nothing new under the sun. That's for a fact. What was uh, what was uh, and what is, it always has been. So there's nothing new. So what's going on right now? It didn't happen before. Clothes that we're wearing right now, a lot of the styles that we're experiencing right now, it's it's been before us. And uh, the way people are carrying on right now, uh, it, it's happened before. And so what's going on in the church of uh, Laodicea is going on in the church right now. Or oh, let's take a look at it. third chapter, verse number 14. Let's read. It says, until the angel of the church of Laodicea, right, write this down. That's what God told the angel. He's right. These things, these things said the amen. And we know the amen is God almighty. These things said the amen, the faithful and the true witness the beginning of the creation of God. God told the angel to write these things. First 15, he says, I know thy works. Y'all see that? Well, you know, we can't hide from God. God know our works. He know all the years about us and all that's going on with us. He know where we are. He know what we have. In fact, everything we have, God gave it to us. And that's a good way to look at life. Everything that you have, everything I have, uh, God, it's really not ours. It was it was loaned to us by God that we would be good stewards over it. I heard a man say the other day, he said that uh, this particular gentleman, uh, his house was on fire and it was burning down. And he said to him, he said, you know, your house is on fire and it's burning down. He said, my house. He said, yeah, your house is on fire and it's burning. He said, I don't have a house. You, you mean God's house is on fire? And in other words, he was saying that everything he has, God gave it to him and he should be a steward over. So it's really not his house. So God's house on fire. So he said, I, I'm not really worried about it. It's one less thing for me to worry about. Because God going to take care of his own. And so if we look at it like this, my house, my car, my whatever it is I have, it belongs to God. We will have less worries in life. We we go say, well, this is mine, this is mine, that's mine, that's mine. And we worry about these things. Everything I have, it belongs to the Lord. So if the car blow up, I just say, God, your car just blew up. And, and, and Lord, what you going to do about it? You going to get another car? And So we don't have to worry about these things so much. That's God's car. That's God's house. Even the children you have, God gave them to us just to, uh, uh, the sea over them, and but they really everybody we belong to God, everybody belongs to God. So, my children acting up, guys, like God, your children acting up, children, you gave me to see about they acting up, amen. So, everything belongs to God. So, here he said, I, I know thy works. There it is, y'all see it? God know, He know. Somebody said, God knows, believe me, He know that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I would that thou were 
cold or hot. Now, this, this right here, God is telling this particular church, he said, I know your works. I know what y'all doing. I know, I know your strength. I know your ups. I know your struggles. And, and many times I, I use this same pattern as the Lord. You know what's going on with us. You know, you know about our church. You know about our struggle. You know about our finance. You know everything there is to know. God knows. And, and, and I'm, I, I've learned to not worry about these things. And unless I worry about them, things happen. It falls in place. Uh, uh, we, we're still here. The light's still on. The insurance is it's being paid. And uh, so we don't, shouldn't worry about these things. He said, I know your works. And God said, I know that you you are not cold and you are not hot. And he said, I wish that you were cold or hot, that you'd be somewhere, either be cold or hot. So as, as my text is saying, our spiritual condition. So we're going to examine ourselves today to see where we are. Are we cold or are we hot? Ask you to ask yourself the question: Am I cold? Am I hot? And then, of course, then am I am I lukewarm? He said, "Now check this out." Verse fifteen. He said, "I would that thou wert cold or hot." Verse sixteen said, "So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth." Now that's a danger right there. Either way it go, now two position. Hot, cold, lukewarm. Now, if you're cold, God gonna have to deal with you. And if you're lukewarm, God gonna have to deal with you. But God was saying, I wish you one or the other. Either you're gonna be for the Lord or or you you're not for the Lord. You're gonna be on God's side or you're not on God's side. But but the person that the other person, the third position to be in is really a danger and a terrible position to be in, and that's a lukewarm position. Follow what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and I heard a man say the other day, he said uh, a lukewarm position, that's a position that people take nowadays in time. In other words, a lukewarm is a person that's a person that don't take a position in life. Lukewarm is is like it's equated to being in the middle, in the middle of the road. You know, so a lot of people, you talk to them, they're they really in the middle of the road on whatever type of subject it is or whatever type of issue it might be. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of the road. I, I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm not on either side. That's a bad position to be in, in the middle of the road. Why do you say that? See, because being in the middle of the road, you can get run over. That's a good place to get run over, right? In the middle of the road, somebody will run over you. And so listen to what the Lord is saying. He said, I, I know that you are not cold nor hot, and I, 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 I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew thee out of my, my mouth. Now, lukewarm is, is, I looked up the definition of the word lukewarm. It said moderately, moderate, moderately warm, tempered. That's that's just a, a definition of, of of the state that your coffee might be in, or your water might be in lukewarm or something like that. Who want lukewarm coffee? You want your coffee hot? Uh, well, of course, the world will come up now with a new type co- coffee, what they call iced coffee. Well, it's it's either it's still hot or cold coffee. But who want who want uh, lukewarm coffee? And normally we don't. So just describing our coffee. But now uh, the other definition for the word lukewarm is without conviction, without a conviction. 
and and that's what we we're, we're dealing with. I'm not dealing with uh your your coffee or or, or your something else that might be lukewarm. Uh, your soup is not hot. It's just it's just lukewarm, you know. But we're talking about in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, our spiritual condition. Uh, lukewarm mean without a conviction. Okay, that's what it means. Neither, neither cold nor hot. Uh, this describes the spiritual condition of the church of Laodicea. A lukewarm church is one that compromises with the world and resembles uh, resembles its surrounding society. That's what that's what a lukewarm church is. You know, we got a lot of lukewarm churches now, and a lukewarm church is a church that will compromise with the world and not only compromise with the world, the lukewarm church began to represent, resembles, resembles the world that surround it, the society. It professed Christianity, yet in rea- reality is spiritually wretched and miserable. So a lukewarm person or a lukewarm church really is a is a wretched person, miserable person, because you they don't take a stand. So what God wants us to do as a people of God, you have to. People don't want to take a position in life. But God, he pushes us in, and he really wants us to take a stand, whether, whether, whether it's for or against, but never neutral. So uh, uh, lukewarm also means without conviction uh, or without uh, in, uh, a person that don't have enthusiasm in his life. Uh, uh, lukewarm means uh, uh, indifferent, indifferent. And that word indifferent means neutral. Right in the middle. Well, who side you on? Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I'm just indifferent. I'm just neutral. God don't want you to be neutral. You have to take a stand. Somebody, you got to stand for the Lord or, 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 or without him. Take a stand somewhere. We got to be somewhere. Stand for the Lord. That's what he want to do. He want us to do. So uh, check this out. He said now, uh, so then, verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. God don't want to have anything to do with a person that's in the middle, that don't have a conviction, that won't take a stand, that's indifferent, that's in the neutral. And you, and when we look at this world right here, so much is going on in our world today. Uh, 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 our world and education and schooling, our children, you got to take a stand. Either you for it, or you against it. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. You either for it or you against it. You just think about whatever's going on in life. When it comes down to whatever it is, if family, you, you either for it or you're against it, or your children or your marriage or whatever it is, you can't be neutral. You can't be indifferent. You got to have a conviction concerning these things in life. And, and where we get our conviction from, we just don't just get conviction. We get it from the word of God. So he said, no, verse number 17 said, God said, now, because, because thou say I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is what God said to this church, Laodicea. You, you don't know, you don't realize that you are poor that you are naked 
and that you are miserable, that you are wretched, and you are blind, and that you are naked. So what, what, what is that saying to us today? What is that saying? We're just in the teach mode here, okay? So what is that saying? You can have money and yet be poor. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That's what the Lord is saying to us. You can have money and yet be poor. You can have clothes and yet be naked. You can have increase of goods and yet be wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So it, it does not matter. Life does not consist uh, of the abundance of what things that a man possessed, but life consists of what we know about the Lord Jesus Christ. So what the Lord is saying to us here, to the church of Laodicea, he said, because you have plenty of goods. Some people think, well, I got plenty of money. You got plenty of clothes. You got, you got your increase with, you just name it. I got this, I got that. But you're still naked. You're still poor. You're still wretched. Look at the people who have what they have. They're still not really happy. You can have a million dollars and still not happy. You can have everything you want in life, but you know, uh, I, I never forget, Deacon used to tell us a long time ago, Deacon Brown, he gone with the Lord now. He said, Howard Hughes was at that time was one of the richest men that ever lived, Howard Hughes. But he was miserable. He was wretched. You know why? They, he told me, he said, I wonder why. why. Why was he wretched, Deacon? Why was he miserable? He couldn't eat a steak. He, the man had all his money, but he couldn't go to uh, 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 his favorite restaurant and eat a steak because he didn't have an appetite. His appetite was terrible. He was suffering from cancer and, and other diseases that plagued his body. So although he had all the money, he couldn't eat a steak because his body wouldn't allow him to. Take old fella like you and I, we don't have all the money. Man, we got a healthy appetite. Or we can we we can really put away some good food, can't we? So what good is money if you can't do nothing with it? What good is money if you can't spend it? What good is having these things if you can't enjoy it? The most important thing in life, brothers and sisters, is your health and your strength. Does that make sense? Health and strength is the most important thing in life. We need to pray, Lord, pray for Lord, health and strength that I might be able to enjoy. The thing that you allow me to accumulate in life. Because you can heap up this and accumulate that, but if you can't, don't have the, the, the ability to enjoy it, what good is it? What good is it? It's no good at all. And so this is what God is saying, saying to the church of Laodicea. He said, well, now, because I say, oh, you say you are rich and you increase in goods and you have need of nothing. And there are some people in life that don't need anything. And and and, thou, and and the Lord said to this particular church, He said, "Knowest not that thou art wretched? How many people take their own lives?" And somebody said, "Ooh, he had it going for himself. They were doing so well. Why would they commit suicide? They're wretched. Things do not. These things do not bring happiness to you. It's good to have, but they don't bring happiness. Miserable, miserable. And God said, "You're wretched and miserable." And poor, blind, and naked. Y'all follow what I'm saying? And God said in verse number 18, he said, Now I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou might be rich, and white raiment that thou might be clothed, and that thy shame, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eyes sad that thou may see. So 
our spiritual condition today, what I'm talking about. When we take a look at our spiritual condition, so many of God's people are really, they're lukewarm. They're in a lukewarm state. They're indifferent, they're without a conviction, and they're in neutral about things in life. The things that God talks about, they're, they're in neutral about it. We can't be neutral. We have to take a stand. Stand for Christ. Stand for God. Stand for holiness. Stand for what's right. We have to take our stand in life. And this is what God is saying about this particular church. We ought to see it. They wouldn't take a stand. And I was listening to a, a broadcast the other day. They were saying many of our churches uh, are going through a, a, a shift right now. The uh, Baptist, Southern Baptist organization, one of the biggest uh, 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 or, or religious organizations here, Southern Baptist is in trouble. Why are they in trouble? Because half their leaders, half of their leaders, is what they tell me, half of their leaders, they are, they are, they are spiritually, they are spiritually, they are lukewarm and they're compromising with the world. They're taken down. They're beginning to agree with what the world is saying, what the world is passing down, they're beginning to accept those standards. And so the Southern Baptist is split on which way they're going to go and what they're going to believe. Because of the leaders, they will not heed the word of God. They will not read the word of God and accept the word of God for what it says. They want to get along with everybody. Want to get along and be at peace and not fight. But brothers, life is a fight. We have to stand up for the Lord. We got to stand for what's right. And not only Southern Baptist, every other church is too. The, the devil is coming at all of us big time. That Whether or not we're going to stand for the Lord, stand for the things of God, or we're going to compromise with the world. If we compromise with the world, we're going to fall into that category as a lukewarm church. And God said to the lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I will have nothing to do with you because you will not take a stand. Now, why people don't want to take a stand? One of the reasons why people don't want to take a stand is because when you take a stand, you're going to make somebody angry. Somebody going to be angry at you and somebody going to love you. And you have to decide what you want to do. You can't please everybody. Well, if I, if, I, if I don't take a stand, well, then I have these who will love me. And then I have these over here going to be angry at me because I won't take a stand. So there you are right there in the middle. So what do you got to lose? Uh, your soul. You got to think about your soul. We have to think about our soul. That's what we have to lose. And take us take the right stand. Well, I don't want I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling. So I won't. I just I'll just be indifferent. I'll just be neutral. I just won't. I just won't deal with it. And then here it is. Now there you there you go. Now your soul is at stake. Somebody said, "Well, I don't want to lose my soul. What's important in life? Friends." Uh, friendship or your soul we have to take a back think about these things all right let's go just a little bit further now you can be spiritual poor uh our spiritual condition and so i find that many of our, our people our christian they are lukewarm they are without a conviction they they don't have enthusiasm they're not enthusiastic about the lord 
you know, about the things of God. They they are in just neutral. They're just neutral. They don't have they don't have any 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 get up and go about themselves when it comes down to the things of God. Am I making sense to anybody? You gotta be have enthusiasm. Okay. All right, let's go just a little bit further. Listen to what he said. He said now, verse 18, he said, Now I, I advise you to come and buy uh buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou may be rich. And I thank God today I'd rather be rich in God than to be rich physically with material things in this life. Y'all see what I'm saying? Rich in God. Because when I'm rich in God, in, in my, my spiritual life is rich, then, then I have something to look forward to. But if you're just rich in the natural, you really don't have anything to look forward to because when this life is all over, what are you going to have? What are we going to have? We got to think about more than the now. And this is what the world is thinking about. This is what, this, this is what many people think about. They, they just think about the now. What about afterward? It, now. Well, man, I'm good, doing good now. But what about later? You can be doing good now and later, the worst suffering you ever experienced. You can be, you know, well, we want to think about afterward. So God said, you can buy gold from me, verse 18. Try it in the fire that thou might be rich, and then you have a white raiment that thou may be clothed, and thy shame and thy nakedness do not appear. Got clothes on, but my shame and nakedness is appearing. And God said, anoint thy eyes with eye salves that thou might see. So many of them, to, even today, they cannot see. Verse number 19 said, as, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase them. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So God said, as many as I love, though, I, I thank God for loving me because he chases me and he rebukes me. So people don't want to be rebuked. Oh, don't rebuke me. Don't rebuke me. God, the Lord said, as many as I love, all of the written God rebukes you, and when God chases you, it's because he loves you. When a parent is chastising his child, it's not because they don't have anything else to do. It's because that parent loved that individual, that child. Y'all follow me? He loved that child, and he wants the best. But the devil will so show the child that, oh, they don't love you. They, they don't just don't want you to have fun. But no, they love you and they're showing you the best thing for you right now is not that. And trying to show you the right thing. And, but children always get it wrong. Uh, but look at what he said. Uh, verse number 20. What 19 said, men is I love by rebuking, I chase and, I, and be zealous therefore and repent. And come on back to God. Verse 20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Lord said, I'm at the door and I'm, I'm, I'm knocking. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. Jesus is knocking right now. God is standing outside the door of your heart, the door of your life. Will you let him in? People just won't let him in. Look at the state in the mind that people are in now. God is knocking. But look, I'm going to tell you something. One day he's going to stop knocking. Matter of fact, a man was knocking the other day at my neighbor's house, my next door neighbor across the street. And it was a neighbor next door. He was trying to get a hold of him. He went over there, 
And the neighbor just went inside and the neighbor next door was over there at the house knocking, knocking on the door, just knocking, just knocking. And the neighbor wouldn't come to the door. So he kept knocking. After a while, he wouldn't come to the door. So he left and went on back on his side. And then a few minutes later, the neighbor came out looking around. He thought he heard something. He looked this way, looked that way, and he didn't see anybody. And he went on back in. So he didn't get to the door in time while the knocking was going on. So another neighbor decided, well, I don't either. He just went back in his house and went on his other side. So he missed whatever the neighbor had for him or were trying to get from him or trying to inform him of. He didn't get it at that time because he didn't answer the knock at the door. So he missed it. So good, the same way it is with the Lord. God is knocking at the door right now at our heart. People will not get up and answer the door. Somebody's knocking at the door. Why don't you get up and let them in? That's the song go like that. Somebody knocking at the door. Won't you get up and let them in? I can't sing it, but those are some of the lyrics that go to the song. Somebody knocking at the door. Why don't you get up and let them in? God is knocking today. He's been knocking for a long time. But I'm on, I'm, I want to submit to you today, brothers and sisters, he's not going to keep on knocking. One day God's going to stop knocking and he's going to go next door. He's going to go to somewhere down the street and knock. And we keep on refusing to answer when God is calling and when he's knocking. Our spiritual condition, we are either hot, we're cold, or lukewarm. You decide today where you are. Are you hot? Are you on fire for the Lord? Or are you cold? Or are you lukewarm? I don't know about you, but I want to be hot for the Lord. I want to be on fire for Jesus. Amen. I, I want to be on fire. I'm going to show you something about this fire in a little while. I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to keep this excitement, the enthusiasm that God has given us, put in my heart. When the Lord saved me, I'm glad about it because I was on my way to a devil's hell. And so were you. And I'm glad about that. And I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not in the neutral. I'm, I, I take a stand. I, I've taken a stand. And sometimes taking a stand, you may lose your best friend. And that's why people don't want us to take, us, take one. You, you can sometimes lose your best friend. But I don't want to lose my friend. But what about your soul? What's the most important thing that you possess? A friend or a soul? The most important thing that I have in life that I can lose, that I that I don't want to lose, is the soul that God blessed me to have. The Bible said God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I don't want to lose that. Some of those folks said friends, they're not really your friend. They're not really your friend. Somebody said, bye, friend. If you, if you leave me because I love God, bye. If you leave me because I just want to be saved, want to do the right thing, and I want to go to heaven when I die, bye. I'm, I don't want to go with the devil. How about you? I don't want to go with him. I don't want to go to, to hell. I don't want my soul in hell. I don't want that. But if I lose a friend because of that, goodbye. Goodbye, friend. You really ain't no friend no way. Goodbye. Well, now, let's go a little bit further. Now, he said here, he said, uh, 
I will come in. I'm at the door knocking. I'll come in if you open the door and sup with me and I'll sup with you. Verse 21 said, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in, in my throne. And I don't know about you. This, this, is one of, this is big to me. I want to be able to sit down with Jesus in his throne when I get to heaven. I don't have a throne down here to sit on, but when I get to heaven, I can sit with Jesus. You can sit down with him. He'll share his seat with you. He said, he that overcome, will I grant him, I give you the permission to sit with me in my throne, even also as I overcame and I'm sitting down with my father in his throne. I can hear Jesus sitting with the father in his throne and Jesus will allow us to sit with him in his throne if we overcome this world. That's the key. We got to overcome this world, brothers and sisters. Not let the world overcome us. A lot of us, the world have overcome us. Our spiritual condition. We're either hot, we're either cold, or we lukewarm. Where are we today? Are we without a conviction? Do we have enthusiasm? Are we, are we, uh, we're not, are we in the neutral? Where are we? But we got to have, amen, we got to be somewhere hot or cold. Jesus said, or I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Verse 21 said, and to him that overcome, I grant to sit with me in my father's throne. And as I sit with my father, you can sit with me. Verse 22 said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. What God is saying, this is a spiritual saying. If you have ears and you are blessed to hear this, you are blessed. Let him hear. Some folk got ears and can't hear. Some folk have eyes and can't see. You have to pray and ask God, Lord, let me see. Let me see. That's what the blind man said. Lord, what is it that you want? Lord, that I might see. And I don't know about you all that I want to see. I thank God I see today. Some folk blind and they still see. They can see Jesus. Some are not physically blind, but they, they blind. They can't see Jesus. I thank God I can see Jesus. Can y'all see him today? Lord, I thank you for letting me see Jesus. Uh-huh. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. We are either spiritually, we're, we're either hot or we're cold. This is having to do with our spiritual state. This describes the spiritual, spiritual condition of the church of Laodicea. This describes the spiritual condition of the church of now, our day and time right now. You and I, what, what, what are we? Our spiritual condition, tell me about it. Are we hot? Are we cold? Or are we lukewarm? I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. You're neutral. I want to be hot for the Lord. I want to be on fire for the Lord. Let's go a little, just a little bit further. So keep that in mind. Our spiritual condition, we either hot, cold, or lukewarm. Everybody know where you are. You know, I'm not going to tell you. You know where you are. Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you lukewarm? Somebody said, I'm on fire. All right then, on fire. That's good. Stay on fire. Well, I'm cold. And there's a lot of cold folk. This is a cold world. The world is cold. And, and some of the God's people are becoming cold. Yeah. They're becoming cold. Lukewarm. They don't care about the things of God no more. The things of God don't matter. Stay up all night and watch TV. Lukewarm. They ain't on fire for the Lord. They won't make a sacrifice like, like that for the Lord. 
I won't do nothing for myself in the natural that I won't do for God and go beyond. Amen. If I stay up and watch an old cowboy movie and, uh, and, 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 and I enjoy that, ain't no way I wouldn't I wouldn't spend the same quality time with God. That makes sense in the Bible. I spend the same same quality time with God. It's sometime at trip looking at the clock. You know, well, it's time to go. I wouldn't do nothing for myself that I wouldn't do for God and more. That makes sense in the Bible. I'm just in teach mode this morning. I wouldn't do anything. We shouldn't do anything. But if you go out and stay out late at night and 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 and, and do what you do and uh and don't have a problem coming home and then get up and go to work and then you come to church and and we everything got to be on time and we got to get out on time if we go five minutes over you, you know you got a problem that that's saying something that's speaking volume you you I just pray that you get it that's speaking something that's saying something. It shouldn't matter if the real, see, if you know, I mean, if the Lord is working in it, if the Lord is in it, it's all right. Now, I'm not talking about just going long for the sake of going long, but the Lord is moving, the Lord is speaking, and, and, and the spirit is there, it, it, you know, we understand. Be patient. Be patient. Let's go a little bit further. Now, in the book of Hebrew, turn there, the book of Hebrew. Now, I'm going to show you something. Why I say you want to be, you want to be hot, cold and and not lukewarm somewhere but notice what god said here in in hebrew one hebrew the first chapter in verse number seven show you how god deal with his people how dear god deal with the angels hebrew one and seven it says this and of his angels he said this is what god said about his angel he he making his angel spirits God makes his angel wind spirit. They can go here and they can go there. They can ascend. They can descend. He makes them spirits. There's no place they can't go and can't be. He makes them spirits. He makes his angel spirits. You know what I'm saying? And then he said, his ministers are flame of fire. So God wants the preacher to be hot. You 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 got to really you ever and not only just the minister but all of God's people you got to be on fire for the Lord. And uh, I, I remember when Jesus rose from the dead and the disciples when they finally found the Lord and they was uh, eating. Jesus gave them some make fish. They were fishing and they was uh, eating the fish. And as the Bible said, and Jesus break the bread and the Bible said. Uh, he would reveal to them in the breaking of bread when they were eating and Jesus was talking to them at the same time. Their eyes came open. But Jesus was talking about the things of God. And then the disciples said, oh, did our hearts burn when he spoke the words to us. And as, and as our hearts were burning, we were enjoying that good word. Our eyes all came open and I realized, hey, this is Jesus. And when they realized that there was Jesus talking to them, Jesus vanished and went away. He got away from him. They said, that, was, that, that man that was talking to us, that was eating with us, that was Jesus. We didn't even know it. But he said, but when he was talking to our, oh, did our hearts burn the way he explained the word, where he expounded the word and talking about the things of God. Our hearts was on fire. God makes his minister a flame of fire. And I thank God for the word. I thank God. You know, the word stirs us up. I enjoy the word of God. 
God makes his ministers flame of fire. So, so the very next time you're sitting there in your seat and the preacher talking about something and he working on your case and, and you might knock and sit still, you just understand he makes the preacher flame of fire. My job is to set you on fire. My job is to set your soul on fire. Make you uncomfortable in your seat. You, you know if I, can you set still you burning? Show me, can, can anybody set still on fire? I don't think so. That's the preacher's job to set you on fire. And I heard one man said, one thing about this word of God, the word of God will make you fighting glad or fighting mad. You'll do one or the other. It'll make you glad or make you mad because it's fire. You're dealing with fire. When we preaching this word, talking about the Holy Ghost power, the Holy, this word is power. The Holy Ghost word here, coming as we preach and expound on, the word of God is like fire. It will make you angry or it'll make you glad. Somebody says, shouting glad or fighting mad. I've seen folk be so mad leaving this church because the word of God, this fire was burning them. They wasn't doing right no way. They're cutting up sideways, and the preacher was preaching the word, and the word was just tearing them up. They would set them on fire. They were just on fire. Couldn't sit still in the seat. Turn this away. Turn that away. Just squirming in the seat. The word of God was burning them up. That's what we need. The Holy Ghost fire. You know, the Bible said they received the Holy Ghost in with the fire. You know what the fire does? Fire, fire as it burns, it purifies. It, 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 you know, that's what it do with gold. They, they, they put it in the fire, and the fire is so hot, it burns all the impurities off the gold. I mean, it, it, when, when it gets through burning it, then it comes forth, it's just pure gold. And this is what the word of God is doing to us. Don't get mad at the minister. Just thank God that the fire is burning. Oh, burn, Lord. I want it to burn, Lord. But everything in my life ain't right. Burn it up. When God get through burning us and setting us on fire, you're going to come forth as pure gold. You're going to be a better person. Don't go out of here mad. Just go out of here and say, God was burning me today. <laughs> he was burning all that stuff out of me. Burn me up, Lord. Set me on fire. He says, so I make it my angels, the spirits, and I make my minister flames of fire. So I'm, I'm just, just so sometimes, look, sometimes we come in here, we're going to get in this word, and it's going to set y'all on fire. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Thank God for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let's go just a little bit further. Now, look at the book of Acts. I want to show you a group of people right here in the book of Acts. Here's a group of people talking about our spiritual condition, hot, cold, lukewarm. In the book of Acts, here is a group of people that these folks, they are hot. I mean, they were on fire for the Lord. They are filled with enthusiasm. They was on fire. Check this out. Acts, the 17th chapter. I'm almost done here. Acts, the 17th chapter. Y'all got it? Acts 17, and and, uh, here we are. 17 and verse number 10. And we're going to read down verse number 12. Now, Paul, Paul was out preaching in, in the city of Berea. Okay, and verse number 10 says, Acts 17, 10, y'all got it. There you go. And he said, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse number 11 said, these men, when they got down there to, to, to Berea, the synagogue of these Jews, he said, these 
these, these, I'm going to say these, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and they searched the scripture daily whether those things were so. These folk right here in Berea where Paul and Silas went, man, they were on fire for God. And now Paul preached to them and told them what the Lord said. And they were so on fire that they searched the scripture page to page and see what he's telling the truth. One of those things were so. Don't take what I say for granted. Read your Bible. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I'm going to give you a word, but you read it for yourself. And these folks in Thessalonica, uh, they, they were liking something. But the ones in Berea, they were so enthused and so on fire for God that they searched the scripture. They're bagging up to see what Paul and Silas telling them the truth. These folk, they were hot. They were on fire for the Lord. Paul preached us the truth. I'm going to check this thing out. I'm going to see what's to this truth. This is a group of folks on fire right here. I love folks that, 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 that's on fire, and I love folks that check the Bible and read it and, 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 and see all these things. So read behind me. Check it. I'm up here reading. Sometimes I might miss a word. These old glasses and the light and everything, sometimes I might miss a word. I want you to read behind me. Read it. See that I missed something. I had one old, one old mother told me one time we were reading something. She said, uh, 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 Pastor, you missed something right there. I said, all right, let's read it again. <laughs> let's get it right. So these men right here, the Bible said, these were more noble in than, than more noble than those in Thessalonium, and that they received the word, they received it, I know you received, with all readiness of mind, and searched the scripture daily, where the whole thing was so. Read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. You got to know. Verse 12 said, Therefore, many of them believed, also of the nobleman, uh, 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 let me read it. Therefore, many of them believe also of honorable women, which were Greek, and of men, not a few. Now, these folk believe Paul and Silas as they were preaching. Therefore, many of them, they believe. Why? Because Paul gave them the word, and then they read it and said, you know what? He was right. He was right. They were right what he told us. It's right here in the word. I see it for myself. And then when you see it for yourself, you can believe it. I tell you, I give you the scripture, but you read it for yourself. And when you read it for yourself, you see that I'm telling the truth, then you should believe it. Am I right? There's no reason not to believe it. You're reading it for yourself. All right, there it is. He said, therefore, many of them believe also of honorable women. There was a lot of honorable women. What is the honorable? That means there was a lot of high-class women, a lot of women that was an entrepreneur, a lot of women that was had it going on in life. They were honorable. You know, these women were uh, women in high position, had good positions in life. But when they heard Paul, they checked behind Paul. These honorable women, they believed. And then said the men, the men's, uh, and men's not a few. So a lot of men that were honorable, a lot of old men were businessmen. They had they had a lot going on in life. But when they read behind Paul and Saul, they searched the scripture and found out that these things were true. Those men, so many men gave their life to the Lord. All we need, all I want is 
just read the word for yourself and find out for yourself and then you make your honest decision. You know, folk won't even do that. They won't even do that. There were these people in Berea. They were some wise folks. They was on fire. They checked it out for themselves. And after they checked it out, they believed it. Now, when you check it out for yourself and you see it for yourself, you should believe it. Am I right? Our spiritual condition, we are either hot, we're either cold, or we're lukewarm. All right. Now, my last scripture, I'm almost almost done. I'm going to let you go. Turn over to Matthew. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now, that's a group of people right there was on fire for the Lord. Now, I'm going to show you a group of people right here. Now, they they, they, they they were not on fire. They was cold. They was lazy. They were sleeping. Ain't nobody sleeping here. Y'all woke? All right. I'm going to show you a group of people right here. They was lazy. They were indifferent. They was not enthusiastic. They didn't have a conviction at the time. And you'd be surprised who they were. They were the disciples of the Lord. They didn't get their conviction. They didn't get their enthusiasm until after Jesus was crucified on the cross and went to heaven and the Holy Ghost came and got in their heart. That's when they got convicted. All the while they were walking with Jesus, they weren't all that serious. Jesus had it going on. They just looked to Jesus. They weren't able to stand up and be the men and women that they needed to be until after Jesus was crucified and went on back to heaven, sent the Holy Ghost back. Some people be like that. They won't do nothing as long as they got you. Y'all follow what I'm saying? They won't do nothing as long as they got you. You know anybody like that? Got them cheering like that. They won't do nothing as long as you got that. Dad'll do it. Mama'll do it. Granddad'll do it. What granddad? He'll do it. As long as they got you. One day they ain't going to have you, then what they going to do? Better start doing it now. And get used to doing it now. Oh, check this out. Check these folks out right here in Matthew. Matthew 26, y'all got it? Matthew 26 and verse number 39. Check this out. Uh, 26, 39. Now, these folks right here, they were cold. They were indifferent. They, 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 just, they just weren't on fire for the Lord as of yet. And be surprised who they were. They were the disciples of our Lord. Verse 39 says, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, Father, oh, my father, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. Now, this is Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And, and he told the disciples, y'all stay right here. And he went a little farther and he fell on the face and said, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Let it pass. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Let it pass, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy, but as thy will. So it was the Father's will that Jesus go to the cross. Verse number 40 said, and he came unto his disciples. Somebody say he came to his disciples. These were the people I told you. You'd be surprised who the folks were. And he came to his disciples, and what happened? And he found them sleep. Jesus praying, and he found the disciples sleep. Know what he said? And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Jesus was praying and the disciples fell asleep. They was not enthusiastic. They were not on fire. Not at this time. 
they didn't catch on fire until the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, couldn't y'all pray with me one hour? They fell asleep. Verse 4 says, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus said, watch. Could you not pray with me one hour? And you'll be surprised. I'm talking about our spiritual condition. Our spiritual condition. We're either hot, we're either cold, or we're lukewarm. Jesus, couldn't you pray with me just one hour? Our telecast, we, 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 we just do one hour. You know, some people can't listen for one hour. Now I'm talking about pray one hour. They can't listen one hour. Jesus said, can y'all pray with me for one hour? Some folks, they, 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 they can't wake up in the morning and turn the telecast on. They oversleep. Jesus said, could you not pray with me one hour? No. They look warm. Spiritual indifference. Isn't this, it's something to think about. Well, I, I missed a telecast. I overslept. How you overslept? You don't come to church. How you go oversleep? All you got to do is wake up and turn the radio on, turn your, turn your phone on, and you oversleep. No, no, well, yeah, you're a new warm. I, I want you to know today that you're new warm. You ain't got to get up and drive down the street. You ain't got to do nothing to turn your phone on. And you can't do that. You are lukewarm. The, our spiritual condition is we are either hot, we either cold, or we lukewarm. Our people are lukewarm today. They ain't on fire for God. But I can't get to the church. All you got to do is turn your phone on. And you can't turn the phone on. You lukewarm. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that, Pastor. Yeah, you lukewarm. God told me to tell you, you look warm. So listen to what he said. And he went a little farther, and he what? He fell on his face, and he prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he came unto his disciple. I'm not talking about a stranger. He came to his disciple and said, could you not watch with me one hour? Just one hour out of the day. I'm not talking about two, three hours, but one one hour could you not pray with me could you not watch for me one hour they couldn't do it one hour why they were lukewarm peter was not on fire until the day of pentecost when the lord sent the holy ghost back into their hearts and they became bold then to speak the word of god until then they wasn't that on fire they wasn't doing nothing they just walking with the lord and you'd be surprised if folk with you right now. They in church with you. They ain't on fire with the Lord. They just with you. Yeah. They ain't serious about this thing. If they were serious about it, they'd do the right thing. People, we do the Lord so bad. We do him so bad. Thank God for you to make a sacrifice, get up out of your bed and come on down here in just one hour. Just one hour, we're going to get out of here. Yeah. That's a sacrifice. And if you can't come, if you can't listen on your phone for one hour, that, that, that says something about you. You're not on fire. You're not hot. You, you, you're not cold. Well, well, well fact, you, you, you could possibly be cold. You're definitely not on fire. And you definitely are lukewarm. You got to take a stand, brother. Our spiritual condition, we either hot, we cold, or lukewarm. Where are we today? Grade yourself. It's not for me. Grade yourself. But I know that there are some lukewarm among us. 
I know that there's some cold among us. And I know, and I thank God for those that are hot among us. And that's what Jesus said. He said, what? Could you not watch with me? How long? One hour. Verse 41 said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. If you are not watching, if you are not prayerful, you will enter into temptation. If you are not watching, you will forget all about the things of God. If you are not prayerful for the things of God, you will begin to let them slip. Yeah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Don't you get so complacent. Don't you get so comfortable that, that you forget the things of God. There's some things. Look, we have our appointment with God each and every Sunday. One hour to meet with God and then get out of here. Don't you get so comfortable and so laid back in your rocker or sitting on your bed or in your chair that you forget to turn the phone on. Our spiritual condition. We're either hot, we're either cold, or we look warm. Where are you today? Where are you? Think about that. We're either hot, we're cold, or we look warm. Just one hour. Jesus said, can you pray with me for one hour? Just one hour. Just one hour. I ain't asked for two. I ain't asked for three. Just one hour. Just one. That ain't a whole lot of time. What is this, 60 seconds? 60 minutes? In an hour? All right. Just one hour. Then we're going to let you go. That ain't, that's not hard. You ain't got to drive nowhere. You ain't got to do nothing. Just listen and hear what the Lord got for you to say. So our spiritual condition, brothers and sisters, we got to step on our game. I want you to keep that in mind. We got to step on our game. Our spiritual condition, we either hot, we cold, or we lukewarm. Where are you today? I want to stay hot for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand praise. I hope it said something to help you on your spiritual journey on today. Our spiritual condition. Our spiritual condition, state of mind that we are in, our churches are in, our members are in, our people are in, hot, cold, or lukewarm. Get away from lukewarm. Get away from being cold. Because both of those cause you to lose your soul. You want to be hot. You want to be on fire for the Lord. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.